the beat, beat. All since notes are fully punctuated. Running the light dot exe. System optimization is less than normal. Server damage detected. Please stop whatever you are doing and make your way to the nearest exit. Technical support is complete. Please vacate the area. I repeat. Please leave. Are you even listening to me? I will shoot you. Error. Server block 3 is experiencing critical ignition. Yes, right. System failure imminent. I hope you are proud of yourself. Initiating the Low Life Podcast. It's <sighs> a weird rule for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is an audio format. You know that, right? It's like, it's, you can't mime this shit. It's well to the, to the listener. It is. Uh, you just save this in like the archive. If you could only see all the salves and lubricants I have. So it says to Brenda. <laughs> hey guys i'm in a cave oh oh man oh shit so welcome back to the low life podcast uh yeah we did it um <laughs> we we're actually uh we're actually here to talk about the thing that's in the title so um yeah this is coin ops mcgillicuddy once again here with scum and shadow link glory Oh man, I just realized this week was Valentine's Day, which is going to make what we're about to talk about extra gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, happy belated Valentine's Day to all y'all uh, consumers out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to this with your significant other, or don't. <laughs> or I mean, listen to this while you're hitting up the you know fucking uh, corner store and getting all that discount receipt peanut butter cups and shit. Oh you know? yeah. Hell yeah. That's the scam. Anyway, we are still here with our special guest, uh, Derek Avery. What up? And uh, yeah, what are we? Uh, Scum. Scum's going to take us on a little journey today. <laughs> so we're talking about Fight Club, mm. which was inevitable on the show. Oh, we're not mm-hmm. supposed to. Oh, well, 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 you know what? Fuck Tyler Durden. And you know what? It's it's been twenty what like twenty three years since that movie came out. So uh, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, why do you gotta? Why are you gotta do that to me? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you saw it in theaters, right? I saw it opening weekend by myself. Damn, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't talk a single motherfucker into going to see this movie. They were all like, "Oh, that's just Brad Pitt without a shirt on, slapping dudes in a basement." And I'm yeah. like, "Prop, what's the problem?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, Look, it definitely awakened me to my fetish of watching half naked men just beating the living snot out of each other. <laughs> See, I my takeaway was totally different though. Mine was just like, "Wow, you could do comedy like this." Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I got a man. Well, Wait I like a, a serious question about like 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 the Y two caked commentary because this is a, a mm. 1999 film. It's like, what's the point in blowing up all of these like credit card companies if all of the planes are going to fall out of the sky on December 31st? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> he was trying to get a jump on things. Ah. Yeah, yeah, you know. Get in early in case they had backups. Yeah, I was kind of pictured it as like a movie that like Y two K wasn't a thing in this whatever world the movie's depicting because like it's never, yeah. it's never brought up. Oh, because like, they blew because no. they blew up that Apple store. So yeah, no more computers. That yeah, that's like that was their Skynet. It was <laughs> that was a real primitive <laughs> universe. 
Every fucking thing ran through that front, that storefront. Yeah, that's a crossover yeah. we need. A real fragile network in this city. Oh, man. So oh, I got real well, Toronto vibes from the place. Like yeah. wherever wherever they were shooting it, wherever they shot it, it just kind of felt very Toronto-y. I know yeah. they kept trying to make it like oh, New man. York, but I couldn't tell. I, I couldn't place where I this was, honestly. Oh, I'm sure that it was filmed largely in Toronto. Uh, I have but... I have a note uh, that says that this uh, where whatever city this is supposed to be, their Batman is the Tick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I made notes when I watched this. By the way, oh my god, <laughs> man, oh, fuck, man, that's that's accurate. Uh, yeah. Damn. Oh. So, Let's come. So lead us off here. What, so like, what's up? Not, where, where are we at? We're not going to cover this the usual way we cover movies because this would just become a sing along to a plot we all mm, know. Pretty much, yeah. And, you, and if you have like not seen, heard, or smelled Fight Club, like go 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 watch it. It's easy. You could acquire it for very little money. Oh yeah, no, I watched it on like IMDb for free with commercials. Yeah, yeah. and it was yeah, it's, yeah, it's on Hulu yeah. right now too. Uh, it's, it's it's really pretty really, much everywhere. It's ubiquitous. Yeah, you, I paid you will be able to find it and watch it. You could find I paid it fourteen ninety nine. It's worth it. But really, yeah, really, the uh, the best way to watch this movie would probably be to get a pirated copy of it. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my well, so my my experience with this movie is very formative. But my first uh, copy of this DVD, I actually stole from someone else. So mm. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's nice. about right. Yeah, yeah. on a uh, uh, while I was at a uh, uh, working on a farm, which is dystopian nightmare in and of itself. By the way, um, so instead but, of like fighting shirtless dudes, you're just like fighting cows in a basement or something. Pretty much, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna cows say, that shit yeah. all the time. So we're yeah. gonna, I'm gonna say up top with this, and we're gonna get to how <laughs> this is a weird movie for like. A, because, like, man, it's a formative movie for a lot of dudes, and that's a problem. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. say up that, like, you watch the movie, right? You look at Tyler Durden. It's like, but Tyler Durden's solution is literally oblivion. It's childish. Yeah. It doesn't solve anything. Yeah. yeah. And there's, like, an overwhelming romanticization of the hunter-gatherer idea of, like, what men were. Because, like, it's, there are two parts of this movie that get like from a lot of the articles I was looking at, I think I only found one that really mentions the moments where Tyler Durden literally says that he wants to destroy modern civilization and plunge us into a second dark age. Yeah. He's talking about kudzu vines on the Sears tower. Exactly. Yeah. Like in, you know, like no one talks about that where it's like, no, he's saying it. Even his famous, like you're not your fucking khakis like spiel that he goes into. He ends it with you. We are the all singing, all dancing crap of the world. So even though yeah. he's he's spewing this anti-capitalist stuff, which is awesome, he ends it with "you don't matter." Though, yeah, right. You're the problem. Yeah, you know? like you still don't matter. Like there's yeah. no solutions in any of this, and right. a lot of this. <laughs> I'm gonna, all right. So a lot of this we're going to be talking about primarily this episode, and we'll get into like some of my other thoughts of how fucking childish Fight Club is now. Is do you guys know what the manosphere is? Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's the intellectual dark web in those. Kind of, yeah. It's it. I think you're giving your well the pickup artist stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, giving it a little too much credit with the intellectual dark web, but yes. Well, no, that's what they call themselves. It'd be like me calling myself like you know Big Dick Larry. It's just you know it would words that come out of my <laughs> mouth. It doesn't mean anything. Exactly, and like this thing, God, they fucking latched onto this goddamn movie. Like 
it, it, it. So the men's rights movement is this thing from like the 60s and 70s. And it literally just says, <laughs> I can hear the sigh. <laughs> so the, it, it literally just says in the top of my notes, this dude, Warren Farrell, it is largely his fault. <laughs> and it, this guy's from like the 60s and 70s. And it was back in the 60s and 70s. D- dudes like him were kind of realizing with all the other cultural upheaval in America is that, you know, a guy isn't just he's just not a moneymaker with a pulse who doesn't interact with his kids and then dies. Yeah. Women can't even have their own bank accounts at this point. Exactly. This motherfuckers like, well, it's the thing. It's like, oh, no, we're going to lose stuff if they get stuff. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, my God. We're not there yet. We're not th- quite there yet. But yeah. the idea it's some of the ideas may originally the two main ideas was the idea of you know, as a guy, you have emotions. You're not just a machine who turn, turns out money. You can actually like your kids. You could do housework because you're not an asshole. You mm-hmm. know, like stuff like that where, again, or like early feminism too, is like in current feminism now, it's the idea of like, you just want to have an equal kind of standing with each other. There's no one's better than the other kind of stuff. Yeah. Then it, it went downhill real quick. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well. It, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just kind of me. What the fuck my notes say? <laughs> oh, it just turned into like this self federalization of like men. And again, because the 80s, the 80s come around and suddenly women are working in like corporate jobs. And this mm-hmm. dude, well, this dude, Warren Farrell, <laughs> immediately becomes threatened by it. <laughs> divorces his wife he gets divorced from his wife because she does eventually marry an IB, an, a fellow IBM executive mm. he gets butthurt about it and starts writing shit and this is a dude who was praised by, by other feminist like feminists he was a feminist he wrote feminist books you know mm. like hey Oof. dudes can cook you know I don't know. Yeah. So, so he's a real Joss Whedon okay yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> damn that's accurate wow and this guy Ouch. just gets buffered about it. And that's the 80s come around and suddenly women are in positions of power, even though they get paid less and are still yeah. sexually you know harassed. Yeah. You know what did it? You know what did it, right? What? That song, Ma- Macho Man. Yeah, that that's it. Mm-hmm. That disco duck didn't help, but, you know, it's... Hey. <laughs> hey. Come on, don't leave me hanging. Hey, 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 hey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. So but that is yeah. that is my favorite part of that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like the only part I I actually know of that yeah. song. It's a good it's a good song. Yeah, it's a good one. So we go, you know, eighties come by, and this is basically where it mutates into basically just hating women. Yeah, <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. it. You're just upset that women can have like you know basically be your boss. That they can have nice. Well, that they can have nice things. They can have yeah. nice things. See, see for reference, almost. Every single fucking action movie from 1976 to the present. God, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the level of like misogyny and lack of agency. I mean, fuck, we even like covered an anime that was basically just that. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's the survey. (laughs) So the manosphere today, it's based, obviously, the words of play on blogosphere. Because originally yeah. started with a bunch of dipshits just posting blogs about how much girls are icky, yeah. is yeah. like a loose collective of radical online male communities. 
basically a bunch of losers who blame the ills of like there's 30 quotes on this word western civilization on women and want to return to another 30 40 quotes traditional gender roles and i i love when people talk about this shit because it's so such such a lack of understanding of the ancient world yeah yeah of like well they think history is only since you were born yeah like that's it. Yeah. I don't think people have the capacity. Like I, I even have to kick myself every now and again to remember I was born when Ford was fucking president. God, I'm like, fuck yeah. What is it? It wasn't Jimmy Carter. It was Ford. How <laughs> fucking old am I? You know, like it's, <laughs> wow. it hits me every now and again. Real. Hard. I still can't get over that. Like looking at like history, it's like how are we all here? <laughs> how are we yeah. all like? How are our parents like not die? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, when they detonated the uh, first atomic bomb, they weren't sure if it was going to set the entire fucking atmosphere on fire or not. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, yeah. how we, uh, if you there's, if you want to split where that happened, you know, <laughs> if you want to hear a weird story that isn't mine because it's my father's, but it is directly related to how did our parents not die um, is he had a near death experience uh, directly uh, related to the unsafety of everything at that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. for example, my father was born in 1950 and this happened when he was 15. So the year is 1965 and okay. he's riding his bike around his neighborhood and a big Mack truck comes out of kind of nowhere and hits him Shit. and runs over his head. Shit. What? what? And the only reason that he lived is because he had a, a metal basket in the front of his bike. Oh. You know, those unsafe, rickety, rusty... Yeah, they would impale you. Yeah. His head rolled into the basket, and the truck ran over his head, and it formed around his head, and it acted like a helmet and protected him. Oh, holy fuck. And it kind of of fucked up his skull a little bit, and, like, his eyes got a little weird, and, and, like, his hair turned jet black. But, uh... Yeah? Yeah, he, uh... He lived long enough to have me and my brother and is still here <laughs> currently <laughs> wow. as we that's as like, we are speaking so like 78 of the way uh to a superhero origin live? story Sorry. yeah yeah no yeah i don't know well that's the thing it's oh god it's a swing sets when i was a kid are you kidding you'd, <laughs> you'd fucking dig a little hole in the ground and set these posts in at an angle right and then those things had like 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 <laughs> like a spike basically with yeah. a chain on it that you would like bury deeper and stuff. And that yeah. was supposed to keep it steady. But what it didn't do was keep you from kicking that thing a thousand times and running balls into it. Eventually it rusts. And then at the baseline at where the ground is was basically like that bridge in Pittsburgh, you know, that just <laughs> collapsed where it's just like, there's inches of daylight between the ground and like one of the posts, mm-hmm. you know, and this is also happening at all the joints and there's like nothing to stop it. There's no, you didn't have the money for a gigantic play set that was made out of plastic. You know what I mean? These, these cheap pipe ones, man, that's what gets you through. And those were ubiquitous. I mean, I should, even when I was growing up and you know, I was born in the eighties, like yeah. my playground had metal, everything, but oh, yeah. it was, but they had learned by that point. So everything was like, cemented and buried oh yeah yeah (laughs) yes yes which just meant that the kids would dig up the the because it's just buried in loose gravel or like and it's like that that, it's not that cute foam stuff it's just mulch and kids would just dig it up so you'd be playing and you'd fall down the pole like head first directly onto the concrete (laughs) (laughs) back when men were men 
when yeah. men were men. This is that's the thing. And, it's like you, and CTE was ubiquitous. <laughs> <laughs> you bring this up, but it's like oh, it, it, they almost fetishized. The, they fetishized the past in right. a, a lot of this. It shows there's, like there's a lot of nostalgia, a lot of schoolyard yes. like getting your ass kicked, or I yeah. used to be a bully, or I was bullied. Kind of rage, yeah. definitely yeah. in that. Sure. Yeah. There's Even lot. trying to rewrite your own history, you know, like right. there's the nostalgia to go back and do it right this time kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, that, that's a fight. Uh. That's a flight club idea right there. So yeah. this group's made up of incels, men's right activists, men. What the fuck are they called? Men going their own way. Yeah. Which I put in citation due to protest by going celibate. Pick up yeah. artists and the father's rights groups. Yeah. And that's what makes up the manosphere. And like. Outside of like fathers' rights groups, like because they're good but also bad at the same time, because they're again, yeah, there's they're they're addressing a legitimate concern. Yes. However, that has been co-opted by shitheads. Yes. Yep. Because everything yeah, eventually moves in that direction. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Everybody needs this like sense of progression because we've been trained on that. It, it's that like economic thing of like quarterly growth. You know what I mean? So that yeah. also has to be applied largely to everything in your life, including like your manias. You know, like you can't just well things are gonna they gotta come to all these people are waiting for like Jesus to come back or now JFK. You know what I mean? And when that like. <laughs> And it's because of this sense of inevitability. Like you've lived your whole life imagining that some savior was going to come and get you. Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't happen, you know, and you're tired of waiting, you try to make it inevitable. Well, it's funny you bring that up because it's like the opposite of that, because this is giving up for most of the things I described, like incels. If you don't know what an incel is. Oh, sure. If you don't yeah. know what, what an incel is, an incel is like involuntarily celibate. So basically they're angry women yeah. don't touch their peepee. Uh, men, yeah. Men's right activists, again, started out as something where it kind of makes sense, but then just devolved into just just pure misogyny. Uh, men going their own way, just, again, misogyny, but instead of miso- it, just regular misogyny, it's also I'm going to become celibate. You all know what a pickup artist is. I'm sure you've all met one. And, uh, yeah. I wrote a song about one. Oh, my God, really? Mm. Yeah. Can, can we hear it? What, what, what is the song? Yeah. Uh, it's, my ne- it's my new single that I'm oh, going to put out soon. Shit. Well, okay. we'll promote it right now. Come on, let's just get a commercial in real quick. <laughs> uh, the song's called Dead Right. Okay. <laughs> That's right. I think you sent me a link and I haven't listened to it yet because I'm a dick. Wow. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah, you're an um, one of One of the lyrics that I repeat in the song is I used to be an artist and artist means many things in the song. Um, uh, could be yeah, songwriter, okay. could be painter, could be whatever. But one of the meanings is sort of pickup artist like I used to be a douchebag is kind mm-hmm. of what that means. So yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of rec- reclaiming the word artist for the, for the douches. Yes. For the non-poon hounds. <laughs> yes. For the other kind of low lives. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all this talk eventually like breeds violence, like, like mass killers, like Elliot Rogers, like we have incel terrorists now that's that yeah. have killed people with like guns and cars. Yep. It, like totally weird feelings about your dick. Really strange ones. Like it's a lot like, of ho- like for example. Yeah. Oh god. For example. Well, for example, you know, there's some dudes out there who are really upset they lost their foreskins. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, my you know, my dick, here, my choice, I, you know? I can uh yeah. I can just say that as as uh, someone who uh, was raised Catholic, um, I, didn't, I didn't get to pick either, and Same, that's kind of yeah. a bummer. But like, 
I didn't get to pick being born either. Yeah, that's true. You know, you, it's just like, eh, yeah, whatever. I'll make I'll make it work. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. I always think of it as like there's there's this 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 uh, this lady in the neighborhood who has a three legged dog, and the, the dog he's just like he makes it happen, man. You know, mm-hmm. like every time I see this little guy, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. You know, you give me hope. Like, look at the so, trans that's, community. That's, like, the trans community doesn't sit around and say, oh, man, I was given the wrong body and mope about it all day. No, they make it work. Right. I think oh, that's you know. I think that's well, largely I mean, why a lot of these, like, douche, you know, these guys are, like, kind of pissed off at the trans community is because they're like, you can't, no, you can't solve the puzzle. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you feel comfortable in your skin? Yeah, that actually raises a good point of like how uncomfortable <laughs> I think a lot of these dudes are like in their own skin, or it's like a lack right, of yeah. confidence. Yeah, like, yeah. it's I like mean, you know you can well, just talk to people, right? Yeah. So they're not they're not really raised with alternatives either. Like, yeah. well, the for, whole for my the part, whole movie I could have starts off with like with Edward Norton's character going to all these you know support groups support just groups, so he right. can cry or because he hasn't been taught though. because he hasn't been taught how to like process that feelings. yeah the process yeah. feeling like an... so but oh, my yeah. question is like his dad his dad fucked off <clears throat> at a at a young age apparently uh yeah yeah per his backstory and it's like did his mom not like teach him how to be like a, a, like was she being is strong she for the family or like his mom is mentioned in passing once where when in the scene where tyler durden's in the bathtub and the narrator is like right next to him they're oh, chatting the about like their yeah. father yeah. and they were in it's only implied that he was raised by his mother yeah. and then tyler says you know we're an entire generation raised by women and i don't think another woman is what, what woman is what we need and huh, right. it's kind of yeah. like that scene really got me too because i'm like well yeah. as someone who was raised by a woman and my dad basically just doesn't call me uh yeah. it's kind of like well you know that's not accurate <laughs> it's wild seeing this movie now it, it really is yeah it's like that's not look we all well, we're all raised it might, be a, it might be a different it might be a generational thing too because Maybe? there's well there there is a point in this movie where it very where the tv is very clearly saying something to gen x like to generation x um oh for uh, sure i mm-hmm. think yeah, it, you, it, it's it one of those blink and you miss it down. moments, but like uh, the TV very clearly says Generation X before it's turned off. I, I mm. think that's after uh, Project Mayhem is well, starting. The whole film, like the reason why I think it resonated with me, like from the second I saw it, because I immediately had to go back and see it again yeah. just to see how they mm-hmm. pulled off the like the conversations around Durden, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, cause it's talking about the thing that made us disaffected in 1999. I can assure you, my friends that we were already screaming warnings about how, like, no, like, why, why do I got to give you a two week notice and you can fire me on the spot kind of arguments? Yeah. Why am I getting passed over for a raise on the regular? Yeah. Why is there no chance for advancement on the regular? Yeah. Why, um, why can't I join a union? Like all of these things were happening at this point. And it didn't take me long out of like high school and dropping out of college the first time to really key into basically the stuff that still fucking resonates in this movie. 
Yep. Yeah, you, you know, you, like, you described my my first real out of high school job experience, which was working for Starbucks. Speaking uh, of, uh, can't unionize. Sure. And, yeah, yeah, no, I yeah, like I, that time's I saw this. Yeah, I saw this before I was out of high school, and like the first time I was watching it, I was a little distracted because I was making out with a girl that had introduced me to this movie. But, you were not the fucking demographic of this film. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Oh no! I had to go back and watch it with another buddy of mine, though. Um, and well, and like the first act is just—it's so okay, compelling. Just Sorry, what'd you say? Did, did you make out with him? Oh no, I did not. Sadly, but <laughs> um, I no, yeah, I it just the it like set my like eighteen-year-old brain on fire when I watch this movie uh, and yeah. this, this movie is the reason why I can't go back to shopping malls without fe- feeling revulsion. Um, sure. And I mean, it, it definitely spoke. It, it's basically like the, the plot outline is essentially, I was a teenage anarchist by against me. Um, but, or at least that's my takeaway from it. But when I first saw it, you know, kid full of piss and vinegar like that, like I was like, yeah, I want to burn everything down. I want to uh, fuck everything up. I have a quote. Yeah, I, think- I have a quote in answer to that. <laughs> yeah. Quote, kids have what psychoanalysts call a transitional object. And a film like Fight Club is like a transitional object or a transitional space for men. And they can find and look at this film and it offers these different possibilities. It offers being an asshole being a terrorist, and so on. It's sort of meaningful as fantasy and as play. But if you start taking it out into the world and basing your romantic relationships on it, you perhaps have abused its power a bit. Yeah, very true. You know, it's the idea that, like, we've... Because I saw this when I was not out of high school either. And, you know, this is a film that's both equally praised from, like, radical anarchists and the left to radical right folk as well. So largely the same reason. Because there's... Yeah, because I mean, there's disaffected people on all sides. Exactly. There's no like it's like like I keep saying, like, you know, men are not a monolith the same way, like no like race or species or anything is, yep. you know, anytime you get a group of over two people, <laughs> you know, that's when you really be like, oh, fuck this. I'm, like I said, I, you know, I, I watched this when I was like 24. You know, I'm, I'm sitting in a theater like our town was like just got slammed when right right around the time I was born a little bit before it too. like I. I was alive for, I think, Black Monday when all the steel mills shut down. So, like, by the time I grew up, there was no mill to go to. There were, like, one or two that were being kept on, um, and those eventually shut down. Like, the thing that made our city was gone. And so, you know, it, we were betrayed by the bosses. It wasn't that, like, China stole our fucking steel. They were sold out. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's what happened. Yeah. And so, you know, there's by the time this movie hits, I'm already disaffected. So I saw this and had I not seen a bunch of other movies at the same time, like say network and stuff like I could have gone a different route possibly because this really does hit a lot of problems. Yeah. You know, like the idea of corporate life, the the whole thing about, you know, does the cost of a recall exceed the cost of a lawsuit? Yeah. You know, like, like, the, oh the, man, the, the first... mechanics of this film, it's really addressing some seriously like legitimate shit. Yeah. yeah. Some messed up stuff. But then it evolves in the whole like the whole sexual aspect of this film is this really 
like this is how you just see the escalation because it's all part of it. We're complex beings. We have all of these feelings. Yeah. But there's I no, would also that, oh go ahead go ahead. Sorry, I I would also argue that uh, certain aspects of this film, just from an insurance standpoint, I think um, have have pointed out certain flaws in the industry and brought a lot of it to public attention. Yeah, yeah, and which actually did lead to changes in. <laughs> I think Those you're industries. actually right about that. Wasn't what was that recall? There was, was it um there was something that kind of came out of this and it sounded exactly the same as this. And this was you know, 20 years ago. Right. Uh, fucking it's like watching this movie. I'm I'm like they would never like I've I've been in car accidents and I'm like my insurance adjuster would never do this. Like this would never happen. Mm-hmm. These types of policies would never exist. This like they could never get away with that these days. And like mm-hmm. in 99, sure. <laughs> 100%. Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something I didn't even think about. Like in a world of payphones and 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 f- flight coupons, yes. <laughs> Let's yes. <laughs> flight coupons. What a relic! I was thinking about that too while watching it. Like, damn, there's a novelty. Right. Not a cell phone in sight. Just people living in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you the sexual aspect, right? And the emotional aspect of things evolve is it's it's like a false intimacy right it's just pounding on each other with other dudes yeah which you know i've done martial arts and stuff like that i like combat sports more than other sports and like i get it but when given i love i love a good lemon party like the next guy but i'm not gonna go down to my local bar there's a pandemic on yeah i just love spitting each other's mouths i'm not gonna breathe in a musty in a musky bar basement with a bunch of strange shirtless bros you know this day and age no, nope. not without two masks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lose the belt now. Put on this M ninety five. Exactly. I already, I already have two masks. One of them is named Batman, and one of them is named Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> God, this would make this movie like way more terrifying if just like they were all wearing masks while doing this. Yeah. Oh, man. oh man, no headshots, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> it it's it's a fall it's intimacy right because then he doesn't d- like when he's presented the option to like have some form of inti- intimacy and now we get to yeah. talk about marla because i love marla marla is basically the narrator is basically a child that like he can't talk to the girl that he clearly yeah. like is interested in and he just yeah, the way it manifests is fucked up it's, yeah <laughs> He's and he literally say, he literally says it when he, the t- the same scene where he's in, where he's in the bathroom where Tyler's in the tub he literally says it I'm a thirty year old child yeah yeah like oh it, it, there's everything's there the, I can't yeah the subtlety of this movie is just the fun shit going on in the background yeah like it's really like it does a great job. this is very much like I vibe with this movie the way I vibe with like network in terms of just the dis- the construction the writing like the the performances all of it gel here yeah. into this like wonderful moment where even if you see the twist coming it's so well justified by then and it's so cleverly done that when you go back and you see how it was done it's even better like it actually in terms of craft this thing is fucking great it's oh, yeah. probably my favorite fincher film like oh, it's absolutely just, yeah and it's funny God, it's the way the way that this movie is shot too like the the lighting in every scene and it's just it's so ugly and gritty looking and it yeah. it looks like a comic book honestly that's it's like something that i noticed seven... last night is that the visual language is very clear 
And oh, Fincher's CGI in this movie is phenomenal. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, hold, it fucking holds up. Some of it. Like, some of it, of it. Some, some of it looks a little Resident Evil. Eh, a little not, bit. Not the movie. Yeah. The, the PlayStation 2 game. The, <laughs> when they're doing the ultra... When they're doing the ultra close-up stuff, though, like when they they come out of the port at the beginning of the movie, yeah, you know, yeah. to follow the sweat bead, and then you go along the line of the gun and stuff like that stuff, because like he was starting to show off by the time he made you know Panic Room, and he sends a camera through like a mug, <laughs> like the 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 what do you call it of the mug, the handle, yeah. yeah. He sends like th- this camera through that, and I was just like, oh fuck off, dude. Oh, come on, you don't have to be like that. Speaking of sending cameras through things, I have a note here that says, is is this the first use of like the going through brain neurons with the film titles? Because this predates X Men by a year, hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It very well could be, unless we look back and find out something like fucking Lawn Mower Man Two did it. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, that could definitely be a thing. But like, right. I don't rem- I don't remember seeing one before this. It's so good. It's real good. <laughs> yeah. The opening it's so credits. Is, oh, yeah. It's yeah. like up there with City Slickers. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but remember with the, little, with the little cartoon guy? In the- OK, sorry. Marla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Marla is basically the main female is the main female character. Marla is someone I would have as a friend. Because I feel we would have a lot to talk about. And, <laughs> because some of her scenes are the the best in the movie. Oh, man. When she yeah. shows up. That one part where, like, after they have sex, he cuts back. He's like, you have some fucked up friends. And he just goes back. He's like, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. And, like, seeing <laughs> his fucking face at the camera still gets me after so many years. Man. The, um, they, did you hear? Do you know about that line? No. What? The original line they were going to use, they, they were told to change it. And then <laughs> use use this this is what they replaced the line they changed it with right (laughs) and and the the og line is bad but what they used is worse okay (laughs) because the og line was tyler i want to have your abortion yep <laughs> and then changed it to I haven't been fucked like that since grade. It's like it's like a it's like a backwards Mel Brooks like he changed it to latrine. Yeah, used to be shit house. You know, like <laughs> God damn it. That that's... there's like a few little factoids that I remember from when I got the DVD of this because this was like it's funny at the time this was like the Donna DVDing. Yeah, and now like. The Matrix was at this point the top selling like DVD until Fight Club came out, which like trounced it. Hell yeah. Which is really crazy. It's like really crazy because this shit all came out in the same year and people lost their minds and they put out like special edition, like the two disc one that came out that looked like it was a wrapped up piece of soap. That is, (laughs) I. I recommend that one. Like that, that one has all the shit. It's funny because like Fight Club did terrible in theaters. Yeah, oh, it, it really did. It bombed yeah. hard. Well, I think I mean, it had like a what was it like a forty million dollar budget? Well, nobody made, like, knew what it was back. because like back in the day, no. like they would market they they were trying to market it as like an action movie because they didn't know what the fuck it was. Yeah, that was during yeah. like like Brad Pitt's like shirtless like mm-hmm. off, like Twelve Monkeys snatch. Yep. Joe Black, I think he yeah. was trying to like make up from that yeah. with this film, yeah. which he did. Yeah, this was yeah this was the Pitaissance. <laughs> uh, Shut, please. Hey, hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. Yeah. I, I get that. That's that's very clever. How's that? How's that working out for you? Being, <laughs> being, being clever. So Marla is this like 
I wouldn't even say dangerous. I guess dangerous to his life in some ways. At least that's how he perceives it. Because he he the narrator instantly I think latches onto this one this woman largely because she intrudes his false intimacy of just crying into Meatloaf's tits. <laughs> yeah, leaving a face face shaped stain on his shirt. <laughs> Well, which is which is, is the first Forrest Gump reference in this yes. movie. <laughs> I want to mention. Yeah, because yeah, there's a few. There's well, a this few. is also one of the key pivots in the way this could go versus how this does go. Because instead of seeing her as somebody who has something in common with him, she sees him or she, he sees her as an intruder. Yeah. Hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Instead of being like, oh, you do this shit too. And then they team up. And yeah. then, you know, whatever happens. Because that's a completely different fucking Yeah, movie. that becomes like a dark romantic comedy I would that's watch. Like, that's like after hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like I want to see these two fuck-ups like, you know, in a relationship. Like that. I'd like to see them get along, yeah, right? You know, like, but like instead what we get is Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, if you want to see that, that is actually, you actually kind of do get to see that in Fight Club 2. I haven't read Fight Club 3 yet, but it's, uh, uh we can talk about that a little bit. I don't have the strength. <laughs> at this point like but yeah it, i mean we could talk about it you don't have the strength to like read it yeah the fight club cinematic universe yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh god i need so, that like a hole in the cheek because i said it <laughs> oh oh shit god and that's a oh, man. <laughs> god damn Oh. oh, anyway. So yeah, he sees her as an intruder instead of someone he has something in common with, like you said. And it just you because it their relationship strange because Tyler it, it like the narrator is Tyler, but she doesn't understand that she's fucking Tyler and not the narrator. And this yeah. leads to friction because she doesn't fucking understand why he's like get that out of here. What are you doing here? But and she's like fuck you, man. Like it's it it. I see it as like the idea of like this macho bullshit of Tyler being an impediment to intimacy. Like mm, it, it, it's yeah. pre- literally preventing him from ha- forming a health. Like I say healthy because Marlo's not healthy, but like at least something of, a, of an actual relationship with another fucking human being. And he can't well, like a relationship that isn't transactional. Exactly. And like, you know, in like... Tyler's literally preventing that. Like this, this mm-hmm. is my interpretation of it. The man, let's get back to the manosphere. The manosphere sees it in a totally different light. And they see it as narrate. <laughs> in case you didn't know, these assholes like to categorize men into two different or some, three. Now, if you're a real loser, into two categories, which is the beta male and the alpha male, which is based <laughs> on a wolf, a study about wolves that didn't that was debunked immediately by its creator because it wasn't true. Yep, yep, yep. yep. But they lash onto this idea. We also have the sigma male too, which I didn't have the yep. I didn't have the energy time. I thought it was I thought it was omega male. But I don't I don't. Is that the new? Is that? Oh no, is, they they did add one. Yeah, no, I think omega male just dropped. Well, I can't then... tell if they're using it as a joke or not because, like, <laughs> most of these things, you can't tell if it's a joke or not. <laughs> it just sounds it. like like a new fragrance from Axe body spray. Oh my god! Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> new Omega Male <laughs> Ultimate Masculine Experience. Smell like a gym sock. <laughs> <laughs> Scrub your foreskin. Um... <laughs> Scrub your foreskin with rich people's fat. <laughs> you get enough of this you can blow up anything um did yeah, say, say so on the bottle can i blow up the internet 
Oh, no. I don't. It's just a series of tubes. I think you just got to hit the right you just one. You got to dig deep enough and, you know. I think I'd have to get liposuction to blow up the internet. <laughs> oh, man. Is that, the, is that the key we haven't figured out yet? Hmm. I, li- I literally Lose wrote a mic. drastic amount of weight. Yes. <laughs> That's how you get publicity. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it wrong, fellas. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, you got to get skinny, not fat. Oh, I've been doing the opposite. Sitting around and talking for hours about movies and video games is not going to do you any favors. You got to hit that treadmill. Like me. I'm on the treadmill right now. (laughs) I'm I'm just, I'm what they call sandbagging. (laughs) Derek's doing that Sigma male grind set. (laughs) (laughs) I literally wrote in my notes, don't ask me what Sigma means. It's some nerd oh, wait, shit. I, 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 wait, let me see if I can remember, because I did read something about this like months ago because I needed a yuck. And it was uh, something like they're beyond it. They're, like, they're over they're, the alpha male type. Well, well, here's the thing. Like the incel can't get the looks. Okay. So like, Which isn't they're true. just like, well, if I can't get it, then I don't want it kind of a way of like looking at things like a sour grapes disorder, you know, but the, the Sigma male could get it but doesn't want it. So it's men going because their they're own like, way kind of thing. Ca- kind of, right. Yeah, I think that's Except where they're trying maybe. to slot that. Right. I, I, look, oh, I the that. whole thing is just goofy as shit. Yeah. Like, there are simple things that you can employ in your daily life, such as treat a person like a person who has yeah. like a history and experience and expertise. And that helps. That's and it. you know what also helps? Yeah. Bathing. Yeah, bathing's yeah, good. Bathing's good. Wash the balls. Bathing's good. Yeah. I'll admit it's been a plague. I've let a... There, my record was like five days. I wanted to see how bad it could get. <laughs> I'm sure your wife. How bad that. did it get? Pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs wouldn't approach me. T was out of town. No, they wouldn't leave me alone. They were like, "Are you rotting?" Oh, and I was God. like, "Possibly." <laughs> Can we eat you? Do you smell like meat? Yeah, yeah. The puppy was licking my face a lot. It was like, "Oh, this is not good." Yeah, no, they're this they're is... they're excited that they might be able to consume you soon. But yeah, it's the, mm-hmm. the, the, this dichotomy, the alpha, the beta male, they see the narrator as the beta male, and then they see Tyler obviously as the alpha male. And that the Tyler fucking Marla is like this pit, like obviously he's like not going to have emotional attack. Because this is the thing, it's like there's no, in- <sighs> they fetishize the lack of intimacy that Tyler shows, yeah. even though that's not mm-hmm. the thing you're supposed to look at. You're, you're not supposed to like Tyler Durden, even though because they made him too charismatic in the film. Honestly. Well, he really showed did. up at the door wearing a fucking kitchen glove at one point naked, yeah. you know, like, yeah. which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like it, it's a funny fucking movie. But the point is, is like he's an asshole. Like you need yeah, to understand well, right. like, every, like when you watch this film, he's again, a charismatic cult leader. But it's like, you're not uh, so yeah they res- i have a note i have a note Whoa. that covers this that's just, just says, okay yeah hit me with it. it it says enlightened equals being a douche yep yeah right <laughs> right that basically what he, he's he's selling it it's they they look at that positively and they see that like you know like the okay like this is one asshole i was reading about like this one like men go their own way thing and like they like the fact that tyler makes makes marla and you know don't don't isolate what i'm about to say a pump and dump right and they and they look at the ending there's one asshole did anyway where he's he looks at the ending 
and he's like they didn't like he doesn't like it because the idea is no he would have like cast marla aside like he would have like not gotten with gotten with her he would have just went his own way and did his own thing and you know and i'm like that you learn nothing from this entire film like yeah. it, it's uh-huh. such an incredible like again like chuck palinu talks about this too about like he doesn't go into too much detail while like how this movie just became like the alt-right and incels fucking bible for a lot of, for mm. like at least a section of it he doesn't talk about it too much but he also says and i kind of agree with him where it's like you can't help who reads your book and you can't help who interprets your work right you know yeah. like regardless of what you meant and also too like he he's a journalist so he's kind of detached i believe like mm. a, and from a lot of his subjects like he really he does the research he he like his i think it would have been, oh his nonfiction, the stranger than fiction or whatever is fucking phenomenal yeah like he he's got the journalist eye for it but like because it's that journalism 2.0 gonzo kind of like yeah, he does he the gets shit into there. He right interviews to... the radicals. Yeah. Like I think one of his books uh, dude, he did fucking roids and then wrote about what it's like to do roids. <laughs> and it's fucking <laughs> scary. It's like why would you do this to yourself? Yeah, like, like dude's nuts. Like he'll but it's also like I agree with him though, right? Like you can't help who reads your book and you can't help who gets at who takes what from what out of it. Because again like like le- radical left-wing anarchists we fucking see the movie and fucking love it like we yeah. get stuff out of it like they're like there are literally antifa fight clubs i think in california who's directly um inspired. Well, there's, there's white supremacist fight exactly clubs. i mean there's i mean it's it's all of it. And it well that that's the thing that's the what we do even the most devout like religious person you know is still cherry picking cherry picking their good book because they're overlooking some really fucked up stuff yeah and you have to in order to go forward if you want to have a positive outlook on things to a certain degree. But the the other thing is, is that if you want to like conform the world to your preferred narrative, mm-hmm. that's another way you can cherry pick. Yeah. It's like it's like I like Boba Fett, but I ain't trying to watch these new TV shows. Just, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm cool with what I think that is. And I don't need. Yeah, to exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it, I think both sides kind of miss out the point that's not like it is about like anti-capitalism. It's about like the fact that this does take away your agency and your intimacy and it takes away you basically being allowed to be a human but then i think about like it's still from a dude's perspective and i think the reason he was doing he was doing this i think he said that like in the 90s people where guys were also like you said like gen x was also trying to figure stuff out and men were trying to like figure out more i guess their agency but it kind of like dude you had the 80s shut the fuck up right so i don't know it, it, but we want more 80s yeah basically like <laughs> well yeah and you know this, the, the book even though especially the book it even is both the book and the film are both basically like yeah it is a white male perspective but it's also kind of there to tell on itself yeah it like, does all, that all really well laws are very present yes. you know it's not like this isn't being glamorized it's just i think you know it's a very well-made movie that looks but when you have not when you have nothing you people fucking latch on to that part where they're sure. like fuck yeah i want to join project mayhem where i'm like no you don't right no you, you don't really don't well yeah. it's not uh, like you are part of a cult, terrorist cult thing like it in run by a crazy person literally an insane man yeah who dresses yeah, well. yeah we're that's why we're not mentioning phase two of the low life project uh, yet. It's, uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Shut the fuck up. It's a little more hands on. Let's just say no. no. Um, <laughs> we're going to shave some monkeys and like, you know, yeah. blow up. Oh, an hey, Apple store. guys, this might not be the best time to bring this up, but uh, I, I sort of told my boss that I was doing this podcast 
and oh no, <laughs> they, they want it in, so they they might show up later. That's fine as long as they got the right link. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. As long as we don't get like splattered or something. Anyway, uh, it's oh, man. You, you know what would have been? You know what? It just occurred to me. Like what? this is this is a live idea. I wish I'd had <laughs> what that I would have sent like more and more links to people like 10 other links just for like other dudes i know right and as as we hit every 15 minutes another voice would come in until it was a cacophony of just like us doing ape sounds at the very <laughs> end of it. i mean that's what it man i mean that's what it is right like real uh, missed opportunity here i, I just, a little bit apologies well. to the listener you could have had yeah that, that would have been fun <laughs> All right, folks, let your imaginations run wild for <laughs> three seconds, two seconds, one second. What were we saying? Well, <laughs> I was talking about talking yeah. about Chuck a little bit more. I mean, he really does play devil's advocate in, in this book because he he leans into his own sort of philosophy that he kind of like takes into his other novels primarily the uh the idea that you need to essentially break down yourself you need to uh destroy the uh the source of your conditioning in this society if you want to end up becoming a person if it, that's, if you want to build yourself in your own image that's kind of what you need to do yeah but sometimes. that's what cults do but yes well no no he, i think there's that but he's i think he's talking about it because like like in rant and even i think lullaby like there's a lot of in the um invisible monsters as well yeah um where you that's it's a threshold moment because i think you know it's he's obviously writing from experience well and there's like there has to be like like what uh what kevin said um i mean he didn't say it on the podcast but like millennials and uh and gen xers like we didn't get a uh we didn't get a uh, a coming of age moment you know we don't and that's and that's yeah, what the no, whole scene yeah. that whole scene of uh like of tyler talking to his dad you know his made-up dad and him saying you know now what dad now i'm married what do i do now you know i yeah well, i don't know now i guess you have a kid yeah. married yeah exactly yeah. like yeah we, that, right yeah like again like there's parts of this movie that resonate really strongly but it's also depiction well, of some he's who, playing devil's advocate yeah which is i mean and that's that's what you need to figure out is that is that it there's there's no easy answer well to, like, yeah because it's clear that these the the, the male characters in this are I mean, they're yeah. They all feel disempowered by society. They all feel like some sort of sexless cog in the machine. But uh, they are still conditioned by society, and it brings up the question: Can we ever really swerve away from fascist ideology as a human species if we keep conditioning ourselves to essentially want that? I love this man because every argument you bring up. Okay, I got the corrupted version of that for you from like the men's rights perspective. Yeah, like yeah. I love this man. Every everyone you bring up, like, oh, you want to hear the wrong one? <laughs> <laughs> so these people see it as that men have been domesticated by modern society. That we used to be these hunter gatherers and, yeah. and stomp out and fight wars and bull. 
shit. Exactly. <laughs> Watch a fucking nature documentary. You want to talk about how you're a fucking wolf? Yeah. Watch a goddamn yeah. nature documentary. You know what lions do? Well, the listen, women hunt, you fucks. Yeah. If uh if like if these guys want to get back to like the natural state of things, they they would be the last people to you would want to rely, I think, on for natural capabilities, I guess. I don't know. These are dudes who want to get like drafted into World War One and then die horribly from sarin gas. You know, like yeah. I, I don't yeah. like that's the thing. It's like Yes, we've been conditioned by like capitalist society. They see it as being conditioned to like stop being men. And that's what they take away from this film. Because again, yeah. this is still wrapped up in the whole masculine of men. And yeah. it, it's not it's not a broad thing. Like Tyler's vision of the future is well, not that, is like not yeah. doesn't even consider women really. If anything, they're a distraction. He does like Tyler brings up too, like he has a weird respect for Marla because she like has given up basically that she's on the way of yeah it's like up. a race to rock bottom yeah which is again that's not something you should fetishize like i used to believe yeah, no. i used to look at it like oh it's like the buddhist belief that you have to give up everything you know and i'm like no it's not it's literally nihilism and that's what these fuckers take away from it because people like these assholes look at this because again like people don't have anything going on like there's not not a lot of things to look forward to we don't have like when you don't have things you latch on to stuff like this and just interpret it however the fuck you feel like and this becomes part of your bible like it's i think chuck even talked about the idea of like yeah people don't have things and they interpret things certain ways you know i mean if you want to talk about interpreting things certain ways i had a a very direct marla question which is when she goes to the testicular cancer meetings is she presenting as male like is she is she like a trans fluid character like yeah, I think it right. might be a joke. Yeah. But if you were I mean, first of all, you could you let's put this in the category of you could not make this movie today, um, without that coming up. Yeah. Like it should. And I think the answer should be she should be fucking fluid. Like she yeah. should be mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe she can be like, Yeah, I'm a dude. There's the, there's that line when they're walking away from the meeting and I forget what she says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, Well, like, maybe uh, I am. No, she uh, she says that she has more of a right to be at uh, the testicular cancer group, remaining oh, right. men together because because uh, Tyler still has his balls, right? Or Jack, if you want to call yeah, right. Cornelius, yeah. Cornelius. Oh my god! But yeah, I I feel like I feel like she should sort of be a little more like interpreted as kind of fluid. Um, and especially for the people who think that she's imaginary, which fuck you, she's not. Yeah, no, she's that's a weird that's a weird it's interpretation. Weird. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's that's a strange one. Uh, but yeah, but that's it. It, it, it would be incredible to like have. I wish, I wish the movie. Could, I wish the movie, maybe not the book, but like I wish the movie kind of leaned on that angle a little bit. Well, well, because she is like the chaos they, factor. That would be fun. Like, is like, and she just shows yeah. up to Fight Club. Like, no, I am a man. <laughs> fuck you. Like, yeah. fuck you guys. Like, whatever. Right. Yeah. Like that. Would yeah. I be mean. In, deeply entertaining but that would be very interesting i don't think i want to see i want to see marla problematic in different ways though (laughs) she'd have to just she'd have to just be beating the shit out of people marla Marla could fuck up pretty boy but then at the same time then that's some mary sue shit like yeah 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 yeah. this this isn't really an indictment of her like she she has her like issues and problems and stuff like that she is essentially like 
an anti-femme fatale in my mind in that right. she mm-hmm. is very a very clearly dangerous woman but like or not dangerous necessarily or to herself she, than anything else. really yeah and she and she's not there to fix him no yeah like that's the other thing like you know they're kind of just getting their rocks off like his aspect is getting his rocks off while he's off whatever yeah. <laughs> you know sit in his mind eating oatmeal you know like whatever that is <laughs> yeah. So in his mind, he's eating oatmeal, but like in real life, he's like coming in soup. <laughs> and Marla's not even there. Well, yeah. And Marla's right. not even oh there. Oh my God. Wow. This, this reminds me of that three panel comic that went around a while ago where this guy's like sitting at a desk and he's got like a nice, uh, you know, like, or, or, or like he's on a speedboat or like some shit like that. And then they, they cut to the, something happens in the second panel, in the third panel, you see what it actually is. And it's just like some dude rotting in a fucking rocking chair with a VR rig on and like just <laughs> slowly dying in his own home. There's like spider webs. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, pizza boxes everywhere, you know, like, no, those are the incels. <laughs> so it's like for moments of intimacy, I find the scene. I couldn't say intimacy. Uh, <laughs> you want do you want to talk about that? <laughs> it's okay. Come cry in my tits. <laughs> and I have a right to as a person to cry in who in if you're offering, I have the right as a human being. I'm to cry always in offering. Thank you. Can we, wait, can we take a second to talk about just like okay, like meatloaf pastries? Yes, he did. R.I.P. Loaf. And he yeah, and he had a, he had a really like kind of ignoble ending where yeah. he was just kind of off the rails a bit. But yeah. I will say, like, I was never a Meatloaf fan until I had seen this movie. <laughs> this is the His this name is, is the Robert one Paulson. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this this is the thing, like that that he puts in such a great performance in this film. It was unexpected. Yeah, uh, it was better than Roadhouse or whatever he was like some villain in. Yeah, which movie was that? Roadhouse. Yeah, I think. I could be wrong, but you know, like, he, but it's, it's very nuanced. So it was surprising to me like that. He, he pulled this off. Yeah. Really and then did. when he gets shot, there's this like just legitimate sadness about it, you know, <sighs> which brings me to my other favorite actor in this movie, Holt McAllen. Um, oh yeah. I fucking love this dude. Every movie he's ever been in, I've just been a fan of like, he's just a riot. He always plays that role so well. I can't even remember. There's something I just seen recently that he was in. It's like some crazy ensemble cast and it just in one ear and out the so other. So who was but this like, guy? Who was this character? He's the guy that starts the Robert Paulson chant. Yeah. He was oh, also, yeah, the, he's the, the thick neck motherfucker with a crew cut. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's also like the, the second, the, the co-lead of uh mind hunters. Oh fuck. Yeah. So my brain did yeah, not, shit. my brain did not he's make that shit. connection. He is the shit. He's awesome. Every time I see that guy in a movie, I was just like, ever since fucking fight club, I'm like, Oh, it's that guy. You know, like <laughs> Colin is so fucking great in this as just the fucking dick brain dipshit that <laughs> like, cause he really is. He just plays like some here, random chungus. Who's just yeah, like, here, here's chungus. this moment where meatloaf's dead on the table. They pull the bag back. Just brains fall out of his fucking head. Yeah. And, you know, like the narrator is heartbroken because he has like a, the only relationship he has is somewhat healthy with another human being was this guy before this guy showed up in Fight Club. Yep. Yeah. And like he has like an affection for him that he doesn't know how to fucking express. And he's trying to explain to these like bald headed snowflake space monkey motherfuckers that like, hey, this was a human being. And he doesn't, he, he's like got this denial about like what fucking Project Mayhem is, right? So he yeah. doesn't understand that there's these other rules that he doesn't know about that are operating in like a subroutine. 
And the guy's like, he doesn't understand that. And Holt McCallum does not understand that. He does not get it. He's like, oh, so what you mean is, and that's the <laughs> fucking moment. And that, oh man, that that's exactly so how good. this, sh- it's so telling Yo. of yeah. how this stuff evolves. And it's just like, oh, well, I, what you're saying is it's, it's, it, you're being obtuse. So let me hear, let me simplify it. It's you know, amazing because like, he does not get no. at all. At and all. and, yeah. and yep. the way that he translates that to you is by saying, I understand. <laughs> and it's like, no, you don't. Oh my God. Yeah. Man. It's, uh, yeah. The comedy well, in this movie oh. is so fucking just dark. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I have, it's like I have a note about shit. that, about uh, Bob's death, uh, where uh, Tyler Durden says, uh, you got to break a few eggs. And, oh, and yeah. I, I just have my note just says Bob omelet. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it, it, uh, it's it's so yeah. Go, go, go. I'm trying to figure out how to put it into words exactly. Um, Self parody because like a lot of these dipshits like they don't think about. I I've never heard yeah. like from my research like people well, these it's, people the way talking the scene, about the scene. Yeah, the way that scene plays out. He's just at this point. Uh, Tyler slash Jack or the narrator, whatever you want to call him, is being heralded by everybody as like a godlike figure, essentially. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And like, well, that's our- and they don't shy away from the Jesus imagery either. Like, it's yeah. it's very a clearly dude there. behind the bar in a fucking halo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or what about the? Uh, <laughs> Literally, uh, when Tyler after first, well, after uh, Tyler hits quote unquote uh, Jack the first time, he says Jesus. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, man. It, it, it's it's like why did you punch me in the ear? <laughs> why did you push me in the ear, man? <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, what a God damn it. it! It's like leaving one like it's like being deprogrammed from one thing, which was capitalism, being programmed with something even worse. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it, that's it, that's that's the big question that I think that this film is asking is: is it possible to deprogram people entirely from this sort of? Because I've seen uh, sort of dissections or like a. Yeah, dissections of this movie that I uh, kind of relate the way that they're presenting capitalism as a sort of fascism in and of itself. You know, where the point oh, is yeah. where it's a self-perpetuating machine and the point is to keep the machine going instead of like, I don't know. Maintain it. Yeah. But it's like make sure it actually runs. It's like fighting yeah. fire with fire in order to fight fascism. You have to become fascism. That no. doesn't land. Yeah, with you. Mm-hmm. yeah, that and, that's not how. Well, that that's how works. people see this, though. Like the dipshit. Like I'm going to say when I say the dipshits, I mean like literally everyone at this point, because that's what this movie is calling out. Like the, 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 Chuck Elite has the good sense when he writes to like literally satirize everyone and everything. Well, in in the second yeah. book, there's there's a moment. I don't know what those kinds of statements are called but like the uh the things you own end up owning you and once you uh give up everything you're free to do anything like those sort of contradictory mm-hmm. statements there's a scene like you have to master your fear or your fear will become your master yeah yeah uh there is a scene and chuck is actually a character in the second book um oh. it, it's a very <laughs> meta narrative at this point like it it only uh-huh. kind of touches that by 
at the end. I, I only noticed this time uh, uh, the, the part where Tyler says, huh, flashback humor right at the like uh, right when they're uh, at on the, the climactic scene where they come back in. And then uh, and Jack is like, I still haven't figured out anything to say. <laughs> wow. Um, that but, makes me really not want to read that book. <laughs> no, it. Well, no, I mean, it, it, it's. I'll take it for the honesty. Sure. Yeah. Well, no, you know, that, like that was actually in the movie, is what I'm saying. Right. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, but anyways, I don't remember yeah. that. Point being, um, in Fight Club Two, which is a graphic novel, um, so there's a scene where I, where Chuck is specifically trying the. One of the main conflicts is between Chuck and his monster that he's created in Tyler Durden. It's it's about him trying to kind of scale back that uh, that uh, the influence that he gave this enig- movement but, that he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, a character essentially that has become a martyr for you know uh, the, the men's wrong right causes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and there's a scene where he's like, where he almost gets everybody because he starts using, he starts making all these contradictory statements. But then Tyler just sneaks up behind. He thinks that he's triumphant. He's got his arms uh, stretched out to his sides. And then Tyler just comes up behind him and shoots him in the face. And it's the literal death of the author. Oh, man. Oof. And that's the end of the book. <laughs> um, so spoiler, by the way. Well, you know, that that's really interesting because, you know, you usually have it's like a third party that's making this comment about the death of the author yeah. as opposed to the author themselves being like, look, man, hey, have fun with it. Leave me the fuck out of it. Yeah. <laughs> here's, a, here's another interesting quote from from Palinuk and because you, you said meta and that set me off, set me off. So yeah. one almost senses Palinuk's sympathy for those who have latched onto his ideas as he espouses that besides the Matrix films, he doesn't see, quote, Anything else allowing people to deal with their reality on a meta level. Our narratives mm-hmm. seem to already be set in such a predetermined version of reality, such a socially approved version of reality, that unless you accept that, you're kind of condemned and excluded from the cultures. Which I feel is kind of bullshit because you yeah. can have a totally different reality and that could turn into like black people have fangs, gay people excrete poison, and like even though those are like Or that you know these people real- don't <laughs> exist. What was it? Would you say? Well, I mean, <laughs> or that these people don't exist. I mean, yeah, that's offensive it, to me because I came up in punk music, which is like a already like a subculture, and like yeah. you know, we already don't do the conformity thing, and it's like, but but survival oh. though, you know, like you have that realization real quick as in a like growing up moment where you're like, but also like food and shelter. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't become and, a crust punk, is what you're saying? No, 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 no. I steered, I steered away from the crust, and and <laughs> I, you know, just kept the truth aspects of the punk, and that's, Which, I just, you know, that's yeah, about it. right. Well, Chuck says this shit where I'm like, that's not true. Like, we, that's actually extremely dangerous because then we get people who are operating on like a totally different wavelength that just isn't real. And I heard Chuck talk about. um Jordan Peterson, like he's brought it up. I think Chuck Palahniuk listens to Jordan Peterson. If you don't know who Jordan Peterson is, he's good for delight, Is that that? Oaks. 
He's like a. I don't. What was he gonna say? I think he's listened to him, but I don't. I don't think he's like on board with it. I don't necessarily because yeah, you sent. Well, you sent that article yeah. that says it in there where he was just like, yeah, he's the thing in the world. He actually throws some shade at him in it, so it's like, yeah, yeah know, it's, it doesn't seem like he's he's including himself in that grouping whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would hope not because like I don't agree with him with this. Like it, we, I think we just all well, take his, our interpretations. A lot of his thing is that he's right. You're not, you can't like the second you pub, the second we put this podcast out, like they can isolate audio and make us sound like jackasses all they want. We still have the core audio, you know what yeah. I mean? But like the point being is it's no longer our animal. <laughs> like now it's going out into the world and the, the, the equation is being completed because you know, no uh, content, work of art, anything mm-hmm. is anything. It's only half of the product until someone hears it and it does something to them. And then and it you becomes can't... an Omega podcast. There you go. Sigma. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Everybody wants us, but we don't even need it. No, I, we actually do throwing... need everyone very much. <clears throat> we're just trying to not be an Omicron podcast. Oh, I have a note. But... I have a note about that here. Also, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, if we were an Omicron po- podcast, you know, then we would uh, we would definitely spread out a lot faster. But <laughs> but I'm ching. Um, I have a note that says airplane scene. Somebody coughed and my asshole puckered. <laughs> like, also yeah shout out to that plane crash scene yes that was phenomenal yeah. that was, oh, that's that fantastic was great. yeah that holds up really well that rivals most airplane crash scenes that i've seen like alive yeah. like it's up there with alive oh yeah that was a good one so we talked about marla and intimacy and how like he's a fucking man child like she even kisses him at one point and he just doesn't react because again his reality is so fucked mm. up like he doesn't realize. Right. So let's talk about death, which is something. Let's. Let's. Right. Sure. We've all never heard of it. Never heard of it. We're all deathless fucking beings. I fucking wish. I. Oh God. So it, watching the convenience store scene, right, where he he pulls mm. the like he's doing human sacrifice, he just pulls the gun out. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. seeing that scene hits differently, considering now as an adult, I've almost actually almost died. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, watching that scene now seems a little less altruistic. I, I noticed uh, Brad Pitt's eyes, you know, it, when he's like kind of staring after Raymond Cahazel as he's like running mm-hmm. off, and he's like, "Raymond will uh, have the well, we'll go home and his, his dinner breakfast will, will yeah. be better than any meal you yeah. ever had." Yeah, <laughs> his eyes like, oh man, he's like, yeah, it, definitely that's... channeling the fucking crazy there. He's got this pious energy about just like i'm so right that i'm righteous mm. and it's yeah. like oh that's creepy <laughs> it's yeah. So- yeah. yeah like he really believes it and like you know there is a like dodging death does give you a bit of a motivator this podcast exists because i almost died <laughs> like i right. really yeah. want to do this shit but mm-hmm. also like it's not it's it, 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 as a culture we kind of fetishize death a mm-hmm. lot and we think of it as this thing that's cool, sexy, or like, you know, if you get away from it or manage to like go through the near-death experience, you're going to be stronger for it, which isn't always the case because sometimes you get fucked up for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I'm, keep seeing Annabelle floating everywhere, man. I've had a lot, I've had a lot of surgeries and, and the only like, you know, touch and go moments were like the anesthesia coming in and out and, and yeah, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I definitely didn't see anything, but, uh, 
drugs will make you think you, you're seeing everything. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've had, like, oh, I've had I conversations with wall clocks that I don't I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember the context, but I or the content. But I remember like what, you know, I remember having it. Mm. But yeah, it's uh... <laughs> well, that's drugs. Drugs are good. Drugs, <laughs> drugs. Some, some are definitely better than others. All right, I, I gotta, I gotta say, Twilight is just interesting. <laughs> Twilight, I know, inter- tw- I know Twilight is other podcasts. Other podcasts like to, you know, uh, cheer the 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 virtues of say DMT, and I'm all like Twilight dog. You Today's understand. podcast is brought to you by Twilight. They rooted not the vampires. Shit. <laughs> they rooted around my vascular system all on Twilight. They only do like Wait, what? What is this? Thing? What is this? Twilight is this amazing drug that will kill all pain and allows yes. you to watch them perform a cardiac catheterization on a 70 inch high definition television screen while they're doing yep. it. Um, what it doesn't do is cancel out ticklishness. So like they put me on the twilight and then they got to like shave your thigh. Cause they're going to go right in through the femoral artery and then shoot a camera up into your heart. Yeah. And um, uh-huh. when they started doing that, I was like, Jesus fuck. Yeah. It was like, I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, Hey, and they're like, do you, did you guys administer? Like the one surgeon was like, did you administer the twilight? And I was like, yeah, no, I don't feel anything, but I am really ticklish. <laughs> yeah. I managed to dodge that. Cause they went through my arm and like into yeah. the back of my brain. But it, like, uh, it, 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 look, <laughs> the fucking dude's traumatized. Okay. Death is a traumatizing experience when you go through it. And that your fear of death, which I still fucking have, that doesn't go away. If anything, I'm more scared of death now than I was before. Like yeah. trauma doesn't go away. Like they're putting a gun to the back of some dude's head. Isn't like, maybe he'll feel better like for a little while, but like he, he might maybe totally backfires. He's, maybe he's just traumatized he's, the rest of his life. He's never going to go to a seven 11. I was never. just going to say like, he's never going to go on a seven 11. If he, if he ever like decides like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to play piano. And then he like plays keys in a band and then they have to load in through a back alley. He's going to have problems with that. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly it's like society already structure in a way to like which the movie does bring up like to prevent you from actually fucking living but Mm. almost dying isn't the solution to that like again it's macho bullshit right like the whole like i think we should have like a modern age we all everyone not any specific gender but i think everyone we should have the moment where you could say you go through the thing like okay you're an adult now but this isn't that we don't need like this uh, like making good go put someone through the ringer of like almost dying or at least perceiving that they're almost going to die. Well, well, what fucking right do you have to do that is the first thing, because you know, this is a film that doesn't give a shit about consent. No. Yeah. Not even. And it's not, bit. it's not that it, well, I mean, you know, for the right reasons, like it's mm-hmm. telling a story about how like yeah. the lack of consent in anyone's life is a problem. And more so when you get into this like masculine bullshit, but like the matrix knuckle dragon. Yeah. But like the matrix, they people will look at it and get the like that's cool right like yeah they'll look at it and like get the wrong and again you can't prevent people from interpreting how things however they want that's just well yeah that's but, that's the diciest part of putting like a fiction out yeah. is that you know you don't want to be too didactic with it you don't want to have to explain it like step by step like what you're really saying in here well, i was reading the, ar- because, the argument right that tyler Durden, like brad pitt's tyler Durden was almost too good because he is incredibly charming charismatic like he's funny fucking hot and like it's it it, maybe if this wasn't a comedy the message would get across a little bit better 
Yeah, but then it wouldn't be as fun to watch either. Yeah, you know, like no. there, you got to balance watchability versus like it. it I, I always found it to be folly. Like I like an analysis that's going to look at certain aspects of a film. You know, like that's that's fine. I don't like second guessing a movie. Like yeah. I, it's it is what it is. It's what happened. And um, all right, Shadow Link lost uh, his internet. He'll be back in a moment. Uh, Dick. Oh, that's what it is yeah there's a lot of it but but this this really i mean like i said this film is very much an indictment of that sort of like blockheaded masculinity where you think there are rules and there's a progress to life and all that this, yeah. this thing is poking fun at, uh, of it from all these different angles and it has to be a satire yeah but a lot of pe- a lot of people like me and shadow link saw this during yeah. like we were still in high school and you see it during the reforming years and like you don't sometimes you just watch it a few times and like they just keep i guess whatever your perceptions were at that time of what the movie was about and like yeah, yeah again yeah. it's up to the individual to mature as a human being to be able to like see that i was like you see this thing yeah. it's a formative item you see this during your formative times and you like aren't like sophisticated enough meant in your mind or mature enough to be able to like realize this is just taking the piss out of that you know like this isn't yeah, I mean, this you, isn't an aspiration you absolutely have to have um a small amount of self-awareness like and it's not a thing like i think this movie it would be a little fucked up to see if you were like 15 or 16 because it it looks cool and it has a lot of stuff in it but you haven't dick. really been into shit long enough are you splicing single frames of dick into this i'm just putting some random stuff? dicks on this podcast yeah <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> it's an it's an auditory medium yeah so like we have problems. i mean yeah. but this but this whole thing like uh, you know what was i saying fuck i was like, now i'm thinking about dicks <laughs> I uh, I do have a note here that says big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. But I know this film has to be a satire because taking it straight and like seriously, mm-hmm. it just nobody watched that. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it and it needs to be made fun of. It does. So I, yeah. because I merely watch pointing this a finger was... at it only emboldens. What'd you say? You know what I mean? I didn't like mean to talk over you. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. What was that? I was gonna say, like, I did watch this when I was 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, and I'll and I'll tell you straight up, in in 99, I was 13. So like mm-hmm. I had to wait a little bit, but I had this on VHS. Yep. Um, and I would watch this and 12 monkeys, and yep. I would also I would also watch Snatch. And the year was was 2000, and I was sick, and I was watching silver chair music videos. And and I was watching Twelve Monkeys on repeat because it was stuck in the DVD player and I couldn't get up. <laughs> and I had like I had like strep throat like twelve times because I had asthma and it sucked. Yep. And uh, and this movie on VHS and uh, Snatch on VHS and that was all I watched on repeat for like two weeks. And this movie was amazing as a fifteen year old yeah. because all of that satire. And all of the funniness made the movie like why I liked it. And I absolutely thought like, yeah, man, like these guys are really tough. These guys are really, really cool. <laughs> and then when I was 15, <laughs> right, I got jumped by this dude with a shaved head on a bicycle. And he like beat the snot out of me and oh, broke fuck. my nose and fractured my skull and like all this, all this stuff and uh like i had some like brain things that are bad 
that you shouldn't have because of things and things and it affected me emotionally and depression and blah blah anyway you know how life goes but like it was it was a it was a whole thing and uh like seeing that movie then through that lens like afterward like as like a maybe 16 or 17 year old it was a different movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) i bet no i I've watched this one on and off since then. And it is one of those few movies that will change. It's literally the opposite of network network is still pretty much true. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that was prophetic and it played out pretty much like that. And that this, on the other hand, as like a white male who, you know, grew up in America with none of these D like there, there's a way to be celibate without being a dick about it. There's a yeah. way to take a year off, you know, like you could just do that and then like learn how to, I don't know, DJ, not speaking from personal experience or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You told me the story, but, like, but, you, yeah. but you can do that. Oh, God, and sure. what that does is it frees up a lot. It taught me a very important lesson. It frees up a lot of Ram. And now instead of like spending all of your time, like chasing something, you can just wait until you meet somebody organic. Well, I'm like, the opposite because I am a sex craze maniac. And yeah. The, uh, the it just comes down to just i don't know don't be a dick don't be an asshole like you can still yeah. crave something and like if you're not getting it because the world is literally on fire right now that's fine yeah. because you're you like look you can want something and just not be an asshole really like the situations happen things happen the world sucks you can't go to a club you can't do anything because there's fucking plague still and you want to be careful and to not kill your grandparents <laughs> like and you saw catfish, and you're afraid of that, even though that was really staged. Also, also, I have a, I have a, I have a weird question. You, you said I'm a sex craze maniac, as if it was like in opposition to Sam's like wait for the right, <laughs> wait, 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 wait for the right person thing. And I, and my question is, why can't it be both, bro? Dude, why can't you wait right? for the? Why can't you wait for the right sex craze maniac? I mean, at this point, that's basically what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, I mean, if yeah, you want, well, let's no. get romantic with it. You know, you right. Yeah, no, yeah, that, it's crazy because like, but like, you know, the, the, the point is, is that you can you can do that without necessarily having to, you know, join a manosphere. That's what I mean. It's like, you like, you know, yeah. like you can just be like, and, and the other thing it affords you is that distance that'll allow you to start seeing people as people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, to be fair, all of us are getting to about like 15, 16, and we are again not presented with many options because all we're told is like, you got to get a date to the say, like if somebody from the Sadie Hawkins dance doesn't ask you on the date, then you're, you know, unfuckable or something. And you're, just, you're a kid. You shouldn't be worried about that. You should actually like, should, they should tell you, it's like, look, you're going to be feeling some really weird shit because the plumbing is changing and also all of the fluids with it. So get ready for a bunch of hair, some zits, random, like, tingles in your p region you're not going to understand that it's not going to make sense to you yet we're going to explain it to you though unless there needs to be well there needs to be that because what we're getting is people who are horrified by this who are being raised in like even like mildly religious households who are being told it's a fucking sin and you're dirty for like a random thing that just happens man it could just be like a fucking bump on the bus and you got a boner and you don't know why there's this moment you know what i mean like man i got so many stories about that <laughs> just random boners yeah random boners yeah. Mm. i got a bad one too a really bad story 
if you don't mind. Yeah, but I mean, what, you know, the point being is, is that it's kind of beyond your control that that stuff happens and you shouldn't be made to feel fucking guilty and dirty about it. You know, sex like, is already like looked down upon in this country too. like in spite of so. like we act prudish, but all the people making those laws are the ones that are like fucking trafficking people. What's well, the thing? It's like you know I think what, I mean? that's what makes incelism, though, is the sense that like, you know, sex is dirty, but also I crave it constantly. And instead of like getting out of my bubble and I think social media has a lot to do, like just the Internet in general. <laughs> does a lot of this yeah. is you just enter into an echo chamber and that just keeps you there of like of just hating women for like basically no for yeah. like shouldn't hate anyone it's but self-reinforcing like, yeah, yeah like it just bounces back oh I, I didn't get laid again this thursday oh yeah man me neither you know fist bump bro you know like or you could just suck each other's dick well i mean right. if, if you want to talk i mean we're talking about the uh the we're talking about the movie the movie fight club hi ladies and gentlemen this is derek Avery, guest, <laughs> guest of uh, low life uh we're talking about the movie fight club and we're talking about uh one of the more misinterpreted films uh to ever come out uh when when if you want to talk about misinterpretation when you're you know 17 19 23 even like i'd say 25 yeah 20, I'd say 27 i'd argue even that like that late like i mean when, sure. look let's watch when, like when harry met sally let's look at another movie that takes place in all of these weird time zones and right. like those people don't get it together until they're like 40 40 right. 42 you yeah. know what i'm saying like yeah i just i just turned 47 bad news guys right wow right <laughs> But but like it 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 sometimes shit like it takes you a minute to like realize like mm -hmm. it all kind of comes out in the wash. Like you have to hit that sort of like zen. Like listen to some Alan Watts. Have your heart broken. Yeah. Yay. Listen to some Alan Watts. Got to go smoke, through. Smoke some weed. Got to go through the bullshit. You got to find that like that like you know get back to center kind of moment. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, what you don't want to do is find yourself chasing. And that's kind of what this movie is pointing out. You don't want to find yourself kind of chasing that, that rabbit hole of nostalgia. Like, well, things used to be yeah. blah, blah, blah. Cause your whole life is, you know, disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And you can't interpret those disappointments accurately because you don't have the lens you don't have the coping mechanisms you don't have the wherewithal or the experience to even deal with like losing a teddy bear or scraping your knee you know what i'm saying yeah and like you, oh, yeah. and like you misinterpret all that shit as mm -hmm. like unfairness or like god hates me or and if or if your dad leaves like you know or if if your father is god then you know maybe you have to understand that your that god hates you yada 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 that's the point right, right. yeah like right. maybe god didn't want you maybe you're a burden maybe you are you know you suck to someone and that someone is someone who's really important to you and you have to go through that and accept that hey maybe that's a possibility but just because that's a possibility doesn't excuse fucking terrorism doesn't excuse <laughs> right. fucking being a douchebag you know like stay in your fucking lane asshole don't run me off the fucking road just because your dad left you boo fucking who but like <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and, yeah, I, yeah. and i say that with all love and i'm not like like patronizing people who actually have gone through that because like i've experienced loss in all shapes and sizes of family of friends of pets of you know plants mm -hmm. Uh, 
items, instruments, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. and loss of experience, loss of everything. And, and I, you know, definitely gone through those moments, those painful, like inexperienced moments through an anger kind of way and like kind of lashed out at things because I didn't understand. And it wasn't really explained to me by really anyone because like a lot of people kind of deal with anger differently and justify anger a lot of the time. (laughs) Oh yeah. Right. And they all have other, you know, their own experiences with anger and they all process that anger differently. And like, you might, it might take you 30 years before you run into that one person who's like, you know, you're kind of being a dick right now about this. You could just chill. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's always a mad bomber. It's never a gregarious bomber. Right. Fucking up's an important part of growing up and being fucked with is an important part of growing up. And that's one hot. Yes. You can't spell growing up without fucking. Here's what we do. Here's (laughs) exactly. This is where we, this is where we fuck ourselves up so badly is with this idea of like standardized testing and this idea that every person needs to learn a baseline no they need to learn a baseline of shit and you're you know i'm not i have look i used to be good at math until i fucking got to moles and said nah i'm out because i just couldn't process higher math i got it i I was pretty good at like a basic geometry you know some algebra a little bit of two right but then i was just like that ain't my brain what i was good at was like reading and like writing shit and like if i if i had just been put on a track where that was prioritized i'd have kind of come out a little differently i think okay but i'm not complaining because i'm still working on that shit <laughs> okay but the there, point of yeah, it yeah, is yeah. like we don't have these outlets like we're all trying to be hammered into the shape of the same person to be doing the same thing and know your role and stick into your role and we need to be you know like more elastic we need our algorithms to basically do placement better instead of just product placement and sticking ads in our face like you can use the algorithm for good i think a lot of i think a lot of times when and when it comes to like the manosphere too it's the idea of like well your relationship didn't work out but they don't get over that fact because like Mm. you know you gotta fuck up to learn something you know it's not everything's gonna work out but instead everything becomes internalized and it just missed what was it metastasized into hate like right i have uh sorry uh go ahead go go ahead please I was going to say, I have a note here uh, that says the journey on the road to realize to realizing enlightenment can be circumvented by a simple near fatal car crash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that'll warn them. I've been in a dozen of them. I assure you. Oh, man. It didn't do like it. during my rewatch. I didn't even I didn't even make it to that scene because I'm like, again, it's for such a sophisticated movie. It's also really straightforward. Like oh you, look, the last like half hour of the movie goes so qu- the movie is so liquid. Yes, it's so fast. It, it just it it's and it's not too fast. It's not too quick. It's showing you what it wants to. It's a magic trick. It's a little bit of sleight of hand that's going on this entire fucking time. It's kind of what like Christopher Nolan really wanted to do with Tenet, but just couldn't. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like he was more into the effects of it and less into the holy shit. You know, when Marla's in the room, you know, uh, fucking Tyler isn't. You know, like. You don't really realize that, like, until they point it out to you in the first time, you know, you're watching it. And stuff. Oh, then the relationship then go, just gets, like, so, like, then oh, you realize. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you hate her the first time you oh, watch yeah. it until you realize what's happening. And you're like, oh, poor girl. Oh, my God. 
like get out of there they're fucking crazy get the fuck out of there like you just the whole tone of the film changes and you can only ever watch that movie a first time once and what i mean by that is yeah you're never going to react that way again like it's it's a real intense first watch for those reasons and it's very off-putting like it's meant to be <laughs> but it's so goddamn funny like it, well that, that's what you were saying too we don't prioritize like the positive of failure of no. trying something and then figuring out why it didn't work and you know being encouraged to be like well yeah that's no big deal go back and try it again like do it until you figure it Basically, out because i yeah. you know it's better to learn the process of something and if it takes someone longer fine well i feel like a lot of people get a lot of misguided uh advice uh, especially when you reach out to like a community leader or possibly like a church leader not to shit on those people because i'm sure there's a lot of really great people that do that work sure possibly um I, I don't know i never met them but uh, but like if you if if someone's telling you like you know what's wrong with me and someone's telling you like anything <laughs> like yeah. that's bad advice if you if the question is what's wrong with me and the answer isn't nothing but maybe maybe let's try to figure out what's you know what's happening or whatever but nothing is wrong with anyone there is no wrong and that's the thing i mean there is <laughs> There's definitely yeah. wrong. I'm not saying that, but it's not, an, it's not, you're not born, you know, broken. Yeah. Yeah. You just, it's all a bunch of, it's all choices and consequences. Yeah. You know? And it's that whole, like, get that, that, that one experiment they do in, in the movie where it's like, uh, you know, get into a fight with a stranger <laughs> and lose. <laughs> Like you're supposed to learn something. That. Yeah. Like you're supposed to learn something and like what none of them learn. Yeah. <laughs> is oh, is like right. humility or anything. Yeah, and what's no, even no, no. more fucked up is is that that dude that dude that you were talking about gets into a fight with that priest with the hoe. Oh, I was gonna bring that up if you didn't. And then fucking... and then he joins the fucking Project Mayhem? Yep. He quits yes. the fucking church because a dude with a hose picked a fight with him <laughs> and he becomes a terrorist. Seriously? Seriously? Between, between that what? And the, between that and the music in the background. Uh, it's, it's perfect. Because it, it's just that that's going on that while this shit's happening. So good in this film. Okay, hold up. So Shadow Link doesn't know if he's going to be able to make it back. His router's doing that thing where it takes a shit and decides it has to fix itself for six Aww. hours. I wrote in the yeah. chat, no. That's <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that a little inside ball for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm leaving that in. It's, this sucks. Okay, so I'm going to text him back. I'm like, oh, man, uh, keep us posted. Yeah. Fuck man. So yeah, if you if you don't hear Shadow Link for the rest of this, just episode, tell them we're talking about dicks and the pixies. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I have this one part I wanted oh, really? his input on too because like the the power fantasy of this, like or at least the interpretive power fantasy, right? Like, it, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, I mean, like, it, well, it, it's presented as one, like but the burning hand scene and absurd, like. Like, like it's the, it's heightened and absurd. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, yeah, but here's like no one would be able to function in life. No, this. not at all. But like the burning hand scene, right? Which I found out there's actually RP. There are like losers who actually do this to themselves to like yeah. you know have that moment because they die right. from this fucking film, so they actually burn themselves like fucking lie or something to like emulate yeah. the scar. And I'm like, you guys 
they're <sighs> fucked. You could just get a job that involves lie. You'll get those. Oh little... yeah, but yeah, it's it's a power fantasy. That's really what it is, and at least that's the takeaway that a lot of these du- dudes well here take here's away the from it. A lot of the power fantasies are usually about like proactive power coming from like the hero right the hero can conquer this room full of 12 guys with yeah. nothing but a broken umbrella and like two-thirds of a but bottle you would of only uh, get that whatever from this movie if you just imagine yourself as tyler durden and not like the peons who he's literally telling well, are are literally less than shit or any of them yeah. because none of them are powerful no like the point of what they're doing is like breaking themselves yeah. like it's to feel nothing yeah. it's to beat the shit out of each other and let it just be okay it's to feel need pain to do this but it's like nothing there. else it's again the false intimacy right. idea like you, it's that that's why i went to the groups he wanted to feel something yeah. that he couldn't make himself feel. yeah well that's that's an interesting kind of evolution because he he starts the the film by wanting to like needing to feel because he yeah. can't sleep apparently i feel right. that yeah um and and then like and i have a note here uh that says i think i made this like kind of at the toward the beginning um right before they started cutting dicks into stuff um Mm. this film is about a man who doesn't sleep for days and days and starts talking to himself while simultaneously losing his mind and losing his mind and succumbing to a stress-induced schizophrenic episode the picture of the ultimate male and he (laughs) looks like a crazy crazy the whole film (laughs) to everyone else (laughs) if you look at this like realistically this is about a dude like talking to himself jerking off in soup and making (laughs) friends in a basement that are eventually gonna blow up buildings this is not a good guy and then he shoots himself in the face and he's redeemed somehow even though now he's become a grotesque monster and a perverted distorted extension of both of his weird personalities (laughs) fuck i love uh as i was logging out um of of watching it this morning i uh i i just stopped before i closed the app (laughs) and the description for this movie and on the imdb streaming thing (sighs) oh are you ready hit me with it are you are you sitting down i've been sitting down this whole time and and uh, and my my hemorrhoids are numb yeah but all right so (laughs) it is their description is quote Oh, I haven't laughed that hard since grade school. <laughs> oh. We'll get to that. All right. It's the description is quote, two young professionals create an underground club where men can compete in hand to hand combat. Oh, fuck. What? No. That's that's the whole description. No. That's it. That's not what at all this movie. Yeah, is that's about. how I describe it. Too yeah, there's there's, no, there's nothing about him like 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 falling down the rabbit hole of psychosis and then ending the film looking like Greg Kinnear after that Ray destroyed him in Mystery Man. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Durden is a young professional. Yeah, not like a crazy persona figment of his yeah exactly yeah like tyler durden is a young professional who sells people's butt fat soap to 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 department stores yep he's he's essentially a nazi basically he's he's doing i mean it's it's right there yeah like young professional nazi 
Well, you know, here's another thing. Everybody's talking about how, like, oh, the real problem is that, like, he's really too charismatic. Let me let me just break this okay. down for folks that don't realize. You know how okay. charismatic Joseph Mangalo was? Sorry. Well, I mean, I can, like speaking from experience, just like living in this area and working at like a, a, a smoke shop where occasionally someone will come in. Let me tell you, some of the worst of them are cool, like cool as shit. Yeah. They'll, they'll come in and just be nice to you and fucking respectful. And they just seem like they're not who they are on their like radio show. You know what I mean? And that's the thing a lot of people got to come to terms with is that like folks who complain about this haven't been exposed to politicians. <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? Like you just haven't had any close contact with them because like they're very fucking easy to get along with if they're going to give you the time. You know, like if you're not crowd bombing them and being like, why are you voting on this day? Blah, blah, blah. If you just run into them like at, at, at a restaurant or something like that and they ain't got shit going on, they'll be nice as pie to you and then like go to vote to like fuck your family into the ground. Yeah. Like you you have to understand they will be charismatic. Look at cult leaders. Maybe Apple White was a little goofy. And I don't know if I would have fallen for the, the Heaven's Gate thing, but I, I do appreciate how weird that was. But like, <laughs> but I mean, what what is your charismatic? Like, you know, who is your character, you know, the charisma leader? Who is the person you listen to? Who's your thought leader to a certain Well, degree? looking this, yeah. like, who, this podcast is brought to you by cults. <laughs> we are the, the low life podcast is in no way insinuating that uh, anyone that you are personally friends with in politics is a cult leader. <laughs> Thank you and have a great day. Back to the also, show. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, also brought to you. Also brought to you by the Netflix miniseries, the family. <laughs> uh, I'm Casey Kasem ghost <laughs> i haunt this podcast now casey Kasem's ghost has been haunting this podcast since uh well when did i die it's where where am i i don't know where i am i am well it's like when you look at okay. dudes in this movement right in the manosphere thing yeah. it's when you look at their their quote-unquote leaders a lot of times it's the most the ones who are confident enough to actually talk because that's the thing it's like they also hide behind special names and a lot of times they hide their beliefs from like coworkers and family and whatnot because they, mm -hmm. you know, you know, it turns out being a because they know they're going to get fucking dragged. Yeah, it turns yeah. out being a misogynist isn't great, <laughs> right? Yeah. And like, it, not, it, not great. Press. Yeah, so a lot of these thought their so called thought leaders are usually the ones, yeah, confident enough, good looking enough, or like you know, still believe this shit. But like, it, it, at that point, it's like, oh, it's a grift. Like it has to be at oh, that yeah. point where I'm like, oh, how much yeah. of this do you actually believe? And how much of this is just like, I'm going to make a lot of money. Well, I can tell you the secret of getting laid. Yeah. Just buy my, the book. entire pickup artistry is like so fucking in love with this fucking movie. Okay. Uh, so I would like to segue that pickup artistry into, isn't that just fucking capitalism? Isn't that just what <laughs> yeah. capitalism turns you into anyway? Like yeah. it's just a system of pimps and whores. And oh, you they don't look at that. Part. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't look at that like, part of the film. They just look at the dichotomy of the, uh, the well, narrator they, and Tyler Durden and just right. how they, how Tyler got game and the narrator is you and you don't. And you know, if you only was more of an asshole, you too. Well, it's, it's not like they don't call it out in spectacular manner twice. The yeah. first is that amazing Ikea montage with the CGI mm -hmm. where it's just like item, item, item. And he's talking about how he needs it and stuff. I kind and, of, and I kind of, that... I still want a lot of the stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the yin yang uh, coffee table. A coffee table is a coveted piece, dude. But then, like, when his apartment explodes, he's like, refrigerator full of condiments and no food, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just like, yes, right? Like, this is the the, the chase. It's the chasing the things, the keeping up appearances Mm -hmm. to look like, you know, you're doing well because, like, if anybody was ever honest about themselves and they just, like, walked around the way they felt when they were at home and alone and secure. It'd be a lot more flip flops. Well, that scene also insinuated that he has literally been living off of spoonfuls of condiments and vodka, mustard, mustard. specifically mm-hmm. spoonfuls like of mustard, mustards and vodka. Show. Yes. So he's been not sleeping, eating fucking weird ass, just paste, just seed paste <laughs> with vinegar. He couldn't even get fucking like medicine from that. No, doctor, that, right? He's, he's just like, I just, they could have, this could have been a short movie. Yeah. Right. Actually, that was an interesting scene. Cause one of the things I was reading about it is this one person had the interpretation of that this scene is also like the idea of, of toxic, of being toxically male is the idea, like the doctor himself is being toxic. Cause it's the sense that he, he disregards his pain because the right. idea, like, you know, man, suck it up, which I can tell you is, I did that for a long time of just sucking it up. Fucking, it's awful. <laughs> you yeah. know, hiding your emotions suck. And it, it's yeah. like, no, like, you're a doctor. Get that shit out, get past it. Yeah, right. and then he immediately tells him, go see the dudes who don't who got their balls chopped off. Right. Uh, that, yeah. yeah, you know, like, that's that's real pain. You know, like, it, yeah. not what you're experiencing. You're a pussy, but like, yeah, go see the dudes who got their balls chopped off. You know, it's like, yeah, that's, <laughs> if we would have just listened to him and actually like, you know what, here's some like, I don't know if they had melatonin back then here. Yeah, here, I'm going to give you like, just something to knock it to start it off with, you know? Well, I mean, they, they had like low grade shit back in the day too. That wasn't like, I mean, there was like no does you used to be able to buy off the shelf. Like it was on an end cap. It wasn't even locked up. You know what I mean? They were just like, here, here's some crank for you. We're just going to leave it right yeah, here yeah, yeah. so that your kid can hand it to uh-huh. you. It was a better time in some ways. Uh, see, uh, see, you you no, had no, that, but like we also, but we also had those like those packets with the weird animated trucker like sitting next to like the lighters and the glass roses in front of the dude at the gas station. Uh-huh. like that those things were like it was like no doses like oh, yeah, knockoff no, cousin <laughs> yeah yeah no we i think we've mentioned this pseudo ephedrine man I, literally like that movie like this movie resonated with me as well because this was four years after i spent a year sleeping about an hour or two at night and let me mm-hmm. tell you that's not great nope, don't there. do that mm-hmm. your body needs to shut the fuck down your subconscious needs to sort the shit out or whatever the fuck it does because like you know we know one hundredth of a thousandth of a percent of what the brain does and how it works. You know what I mean? Like, we're still figuring shit out. We're doing good, but, like, gotta keep pushing a bit. And I can tell you from experience, a year of not sleeping is counterproductive and will actually fucking wreck your shit. I did it for three years working the night shift at a hotel. Let me tell you, I've probably guaranteed dementia later in life. (laughs) It fucking sucks. I, I mean, I'm saying, I'm saying get sleep but certainly don't take like fucking truckers no. you know to like avoid sleep so because you don't want to miss anything because you're young <laughs> that's no, a lot bad yeah. idea yeah. the narrator did that and it worked rooms on the weekend the narrator did that didn't work out for him he started a cult yeah see that's well, that's see the machinist that is you know, kind of that's, that's sort of like the bullshit thing about young people is they're told like their whole like upbringing like you're young you have to like like enjoy it while you're young like you have to do all this while you're young and then it's like fucking 70 year olds run the country like right yeah yeah you get the good shit later in life 
Yeah, you can so do there's everything. People that when don't you're get like, published until they're fifty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's gives a shit. Like do what you can when you can. It's just what just what you can. We're drying up slowly over time. Like my grandparents, one income, nine kids. Incredible. Right. My parents, two incomes, two kids. Right. Pretty tight. Yeah. Okay. Me, no kids. Fuck you. Two dogs. <laughs> yeah, like two dogs. Yeah, but that that got to send them to college. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. I'm sure. You, yeah, maybe in the future. They, he knows enough words. It, Trust it, me. It, I don't want this dog <laughs> smarter. He does have people eyes. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. It, but oh, you go, know, ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, that was it. I okay. Know. I think I'm about done with my notes. Like, again, it, I couldn't really find anything on the left's interpretation of this film because it's kind of obvious. You know, like right. it's like yeah. It, we just point to the film. We're like just watch basically, it. Yeah. Like there. <laughs> and, our, and the right, the alt right, kind of do dig this film for largely the same reasons. It's largely the manosphere is kind of the unique bugaboo that latched onto this film. Mm. And talking mm. about like the left and right, like loving this film, it's kind of like yeah, both sides kind of almost hate the same things. <laughs> You know, well, like when you hear like that's the when thing. you hear like right There's... people who are like you're almost got it. You know, like we we, yeah. we the system we live in gives us no opportunities, and we are like fucked about it. We're angry about it. You know, and yeah. like, but the problem is, is again with this film, like I can't reiterate enough. Fight Club offers no like there are no solutions in Tyler Durden's plan. They they are childish no. solutions to a problem. No. Is I hate capitalism. Well, that, that's the thing. Right? I hate capitalism, so I'm going to destroy capitalism. But also, I'm going to destroy all of modern civilization. Well, yeah, that's. But the other thing too is that he, the situation he's in is a direct response to capitalism, and he's just lashing out the way you would. Yeah. You know, like when you finally hit that level of frustration where you're like, well. You know, time to fill the trunk with questionable items and go do something somewhere. Like that's yeah, because you feel like you this have is the no, way this interpreted. You feel him, like you, you know have I mean? no other options. Like you have nothing else that you can do. Right. Well, it's it's really crazy when you consider that this is the like optim like an optimistic ending when you compared to the book's ending. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a lot of people I forget compare what was the, the book's ending because I'm the book ending is he he gets arrested. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's actually, he goes to like uh, like a psychiatric ward and like yeah. Marla visits him occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> What's really oh, fucking funny, funny is this shit. recent this recent controversy about China like finally releasing Fight Club in China but changing the ending to a title card. Yeah. So like the buildings never exploded. They say he was arrested and put into psychiatric. It's literally the ending oh, of the book. Fuck. Everybody was like, look at how China changed the ending of this movie. I was like, well that's the book ending. Uh-huh. Fincher's like, like Fincher's like, I don't see what all the hu- the hubaloo is about or whatever. Yeah, and he didn't get yeah, no one gets it. Shit. Yeah. And Chuck is like, it's closer to my book. Money. Give me money. He needs the money, man. Um, he got robbed at he one does. point <clears throat> yeah yes he yeah, did yeah. yeah that's um i have well, a, i, I didn't have do a, too much reading on that but yeah. i have a fucked up note here that says this movie <laughs> <laughs> it says this this movie is just train spotting except the baby is bob fuck <laughs> <laughs> and and Thank you for listening. I don't know how to follow that. Yeah, and, oh wait, there's more. And please do. And 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 <laughs> this movie is train spotting, but the baby is Bob, and and heroin is just 
sleep. <laughs> <laughs> just take a nap. Just take a nap, man. Just take a nap. Yeah. Take a nap every once in a while. Oh, man. Fuck. God, oh, just take a nap. That's a good place to 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 call it because like it, this I, is a. I mean, no. I mean, we can we can chat like a couple right. minutes. I also like, I like, also have one more note here that says if this was a yes. if this was a canon film, Fight Club would be a gun club and a child would die. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> I love the 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 fucking you know the billboard where it's like you can you can fertilize your lawn with your discarded motor God, oil, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. like those those like low-level pranks and stuff are fucking funny i i mean like when i saw this movie you know yeah i was like 24 i saw it it resonated with me because like it's the first time seeing it and it's a really fun ride like it really is crazy it's just a woo, wow old fuck didn't see that coming kind of stuff right by the second or third time of watching it it's still like all of the same things but like Never once did I like. There's a point in the movie where you realize like there are no heroes in this film. Yeah, and that's like a really early realization that you can make, even even if it doesn't like the rest of it doesn't settle for you. You know what I mean? And you don't realize like okay, what's happening here? Because at the time it looked like it was just a critique of capitalism or just a critique of like toxic masculinity, but it's actually kind of a snapshot of all of the elements it takes to make a terrorist. <laughs> Yeah. You, yeah, you know, it's literally like these are the conditions. These are the things that radicalize you. This is how that stuff will look when it's organized. And by the way, I'm not sure you know fucking orange juice concentrate and gasoline is going to make napalm for you. Okay, like yeah, maybe yeah. don't do that. So I have I have two two points and and one more note if <laughs> if I can go for it. Um, yeah, no, for sure. My my uh, the first point is uh, if we can talk briefly about the project Hope. Okay. Because um, this this was presented like as a task force to stop the random crimes that were happening that these guys were, were doing that Project Mayhem were doing. Okay. And in the middle of this speech, where this dude is like talking about Project Hope, the the you know the the police chief or the DA or whoever that old guy was that they beat up in the bathroom. Yeah. Um. Uh. Get you know goes in the bathroom and all that shit happens yep. and they're like you know stop looking for us and then now they're free to do whatever the fuck but like mm-hmm. project hope is presented as like the antithesis the antithesis to this fascist uprising that's that's happening and this is a really 1999 thing because it's like remember when police would actually do stuff like this instead of yeah. like they would just be project mayhem and then later in the movie there's the scene where they are project mayhem and they try to cut his fucking balls off. Yeah. Teehee. (laughs) It literally happens in that short amount of time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's hilarious because that, that whole bit about how he's like, yeah, you said you'd say that. Right. <laughs> you, said you'd say that. Yeah, you, said you'd say that. You definitely and you said you'd say that. And he said you have to cut your balls off. Respect your sacrifice, sir. Right. Oh, that is amazing. The turn yeah, right there where you realize what they're about to fucking happen oh, is such a yeah, fucking man. hilarious moment for me where I was just like, oh, this look, this film isn't like a pro-man film by it's any really, stretch of the really, It's really not. No. Like it is a skewering of like that. Well, even this era, but like definitely that era, the culmination of like all the backwash of the 80s and all the excesses and neon of the 90s and shit finally come crashing down here where like everybody's out of coke and now we're looking around at the club and seeing they're like oh god this place is a mess 
you know, like, mm-hmm. we, and you're adrift in that moment and then you cling to something and you have a charismatic leader. Well, if you're inclined to follow charismatic leaders, here's one for you. You know, like this film is an indictment and it's fucking hilarious. Like it's really good shit. Like this is, this is a good movie for like dude bros to watch. And if they can laugh at themselves, like they're going to enjoy this. You know what I mean? Just don't take it too seriously and understand like what, what the fuck is happening. Yeah. I, you know, I would never say to ne- to not watch fight club or that it isn't a good movie. Cause it is, it really is, but it's like watching it now, you'll probably feel a lot different about it, especially with the, oh, yeah. the, the you know, definitely a relic of its time. It's definitely something yeah. that I don't know if I would say it aged well, but definitely well, is aged. <laughs> I give it, I, I think it's a great movie. I, I give it uh six out of seven Logitech mouses. well there you have it folks and uh i hope my my exploration our exploration of the movie wasn't too all over the place because my notes definitely were (laughs) but Um, yeah oh we're we're not known for our tangents no no no, not at all not at all every time i think about this movie though i just imagine like you know ball sweat like just (laughs) yeah um, the yeah. the other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, there are two at least two references to Forrest Gump. Yeah, oh, yeah, the run Forrest run, run Forrest run, yeah. and then he wipes his his face on Bob's you know shirt and reveals a face, and yeah. Forrest did that with the smiley face guy mm-hmm. with the shirt. Um, um, I think I think that's interesting. Um, and uh, I also wanted to point out that at the very very end, um when you see Tyler Durden and he's got his like shaved head and he's wearing like the orange mesh tank top, like <laughs> with brown the, sugar. Yeah. yeah with, the, the, with the fur coat, the, the um, incredible look <laughs> it's, he looks amazing. And, uh, I have a note, uh, here that says, um, Tyler is dressed like the tawdry bald alien girl from the fifth element. Oh Yeah. <laughs> there's actually a fun fact about like his wardrobe in this is like the it's one of the few times where they let the fashion like director of a movie like they little he literally let him do whatever the fuck he wanted because he read the script and he's like he knew like oh this is what this dude is like so all of tyler durden's clothes from beginning to end are were were thrift store finds and just like found in garage sales because that was the whole point of like yeah he's someone who doesn't have a lot of money but he has a discerning eye and that's where they get these looks All of the, uh, what do you call it? The the practical effects were done by the great Rob Botton. Oh, nice. So, uh, you know, from way back. I didn't know that. Is it happening? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, wait, we got to promote shit. We are on the internet. Yeah, we are. We are on the uh, internet. We are on Twitter at Neon Dystopia. That's me. You can contact me on there by all means. Uh, at L0WL1F3THE uh, on Twitter. We got a Patreon, which is uh, what? Patreon.com slash Neon Dystopia. Yes. Uh, we got other shit. We got a Facebook page that is unattended. We have um, <laughs> we, Instagram. We've got a Discord. We do. And uh, what else? That's it. Right? Oh, we got a merch. Uh, crap, we shop. A crap shop. Uh, Please. MoLifeCrapShop.com. Yes. So get a, get a it's mug. there. You can look um, at it. <laughs> And uh, what else? Was there anything else? Yeah, Derek, where, where are you at? Uh, DerekEvery.com. Uh, Twitter, Twitter at Derek Every. That's E-V-R-Y. Um, yeah. So looks like... It is music. He's got a ton of music. Looks like this is goodbye. 
let's yes. not let's not make a big thing out of it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> How's this for making it a big thing?